Hi everybody, welcome to um, the Scale the Good podcast. It's a very special episode um, for us today because we have someone uh, special joining us for this conversation. Um, I'm sure most of you watching this show would know her. Um, for those of you who are um, based in Sri Lanka, South Asia, who might not know her, she's Maya. Uh, also on the handle, um, I'm known as Fit Green Mind um, on Instagram and, and all other platforms. Um, she is a very much sought after uh, vegan food influencer. Um, and she's here with us in Sri Lanka right now, all the way from Europe. And we are very, very thrilled to have her on the show. Welcome, Maya. Hello, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Really happy to be here. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing to have a chat with us and for visiting Sri Lanka, really. Um, how have your experience here in Sri Lanka been so far? I really like it. So unfortunately, we didn't have much time to like go to the beach or whatever. Uh, but it was super interesting to see um, like how the people live here, what they do for a living. Um, so we started in um, Matale, I think it's close to Kandy. I'm not sure about the geographics here, but I think so. Um, and there I visited a farm. Um, and we cooked together with the ladies there and uh, they showed us how they grow spices like pepper, cardamom, cinnamon. And um, for me, it was so interesting to see how this works because, um, you know, in Europe, there is not the big connection anymore to the produce that's produced far away. Mm -hmm. So we see cinnamon sticks in the supermarket and I think many people will assume that cinnamon sticks grow on a tree or something <laughs> but seeing how for example cinnamon is made and um yeah to see how it is used um, traditionally here was super interesting but also just nature is beautiful the food is absolutely amazing so i really loved it so far great i'm, I'm glad to hear that you've got the best of sri lanka <laughs> minus the beach but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> next time <laughs> exactly uh, yeah there's always a next time and you must come back i think when um, when it's not too cloudy and rainy mm. um, and that's something beautiful about Sri Lanka also it's so diverse in its climate and its food and its um, kind of places that you get to see um, and I think by going to like Matale and the highlands of Sri Lanka you've seen quite a bit of it too um, so let's let's go back to I think um, your passion um, as as a vegan food influencer can you tell us a little bit about what made you um, become vegan have you always been a vegan or what kind of um, made you go that down that down that path yeah sure so um i i haven't been vegan all my life <laughs> i grew up in a typical german family and i remember my sister uh, she's a bit older than me and she went vegetarian um a long time ago i was like nine or something and <laughs> as a little kid i was always so annoying to her i was like ah oh, when are you going to eat meat again? And what if you are on an island with a pig? Would you eat the pig? And stuff like that. So I was like, really annoying. <laughs> and then eventually, um, about 2018, 2019, I had to... Um, uh, work with veganism uh, for a school project. So I had to write like an essay about it. So I had to... Um, go into that topic and at first i was really skeptical because i thought hmm, veganism is so extreme um why should you avoid milk the cows are not killed and whatever but um, as i got more into the topic of um like uh, how animals are actually treated and also the environmental impact that goes with animal agriculture yeah. i was like 
maybe it's something I should consider trying. Yeah. And um, the past few years, there was a huge development in terms of vegan products in Germany, or I think all over the world, basically. Um, so it wasn't that hard for me. I, I, my goal was hmm, I tried for a couple of days and see mm. how it goes, but it, it was pretty easy for me. So I just stuck with it. And um, also, I always like cooking. I grew up in a family where my mom cooked a lot, my dad cooked a lot, and I always liked helping them. And when I went vegan, I tried to um, cook vegan food for my family to show them that it can taste good. <laughs> so that's also when I started to develop my passion for creating my own vegan recipes. And also in 2019, I started my food blog then. Yeah. Um, so it was just like it all went. Um, at, was going on at basically the same time yeah yeah and i mean 2019 is not too far away it's, yeah um, it, for most of us it's like covid times lockdown um and i think life changed for a lot of us in in very nice ways uh, because we had a lot of time to think and reflect and spend time uh, at home and with families um and 2019 to now it's four years and you've come a really long way from <laughs> trying out vegan food to becoming a very strong um voice and and a kind of a um, promoter and influencer um 3.1 million views um or followers on insta is is, is not a um, small amount <laughs> of you know uh, growth in a, such a short time what made you kind of go into um uh, video blogging and kind of presenting what you were doing mm -hmm. um, and sharing out these recipes that you were trying yeah, so first of all, I would have never ever thought in a million years that I will have 3 million followers by now or eventually. Um, because when I started, um, my intention was basically my mom and I, we always like to cook together and we had this dream of launching a cookbook, creating a cookbook together. But I thought when we create a cookbook now and try to sell it, no one will buy it because no one knows us as a uh, mom and daughter. So um, as a teenager, um, I used all kinds of social media uh, apps like Instagram. And I thought, why not just start building something there? And then maybe one day I can launch a cookbook. So that was my initial thought. And I started without any experience. Mm. So, like my photography was not good. <laughs> I didn't know how to properly use Instagram. So I just, I think the most important thing was that I just started. I didn't think about it too much. I had the idea and I just got started. And then by time I compared my posts to the posts of big influencers um, who were big in that vegan scene. And I tried to implement some things to improve my content. Um, so I got more into photography and tried to make my photos look better. And I uh, was thinking about how to make my captions more um, catchy for, uh, for the user. And then um, I recognized that videos are really popular, especially cooking videos, mm. because it's like for the visual learners, much more appealing. And then I started to make um, like those um, head over uh, cooking videos. And then I think 2021, I'm not sure, Instagram launched Reels. And at first I was really skeptical about it, um, but I saw so many people reaching lots of new users with Reels. So I thought, okay, actually I got to try it. <laughs> and um, up to that point, um, it was, I think, two years um, since I started Instagram. And I think I had like 70,000 followers mm. and it grew constantly, but 
very slowly and I was in a little bit of like a um, like a rut or some it doesn't really work actually I, I, I put in so much effort but it's not really worth yeah. it yeah um, then um, I was like okay I'm gonna focus for one week on reels mm. and in that week um, my first video got like 1 million views and that was the first time ever I had so many views I, and on average it was like 80,000 views or something yeah. so that was when I um, felt it was the right decision to focus on reels now yeah. and then from that on um, yeah I focused on reels on getting better with reels um, also to um, speak to the camera which I didn't mm -hmm. do before mm -hmm. and just make the viewer feel like he, he or she is cooking with me in my kitchen yeah. And um, yeah, then it just developed over time, and now I'm here. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, it's funny how things just develop. Yeah, and th that's such a cool story. And while you were doing all of this, you were still in school, right? Yeah, yeah. So how how did that work out? Um, so I finished school this summer, yeah. so it's not long ago. And um, of course, I had to manage my time pretty pretty good so uh, my plan was always to film on saturday and then edit all videos on sunday so i'm basically free during the week for recording collaboration stories learning for uh, studying for school yeah. <laughs> because i have to do that as well yeah. um and that worked out pretty well of course i didn't have so much free time but it was fine for me because cooking and creating videos is so much fun for me it doesn't feel like work yeah. um so yeah that was how i did it nice and um i mean you haven't professionally uh, followed any cooking or um chef course or program right self-taught mostly yeah self-taught mother taught exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you yeah, want to call yeah, it exactly and then also on social media and digital media um, creating content, everything you taught yourself or by experimenting. Yeah, it was trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's really cool because um, your recipes, what I love about it is it's so simple um, and you can kind of do it anywhere in the world. Um, and it's it's also very innovative. I mean, there's, there's a nice quirk to it that I love. Um, so what was the most, because you didn't like train to be a professional chef or train to be a professional influencer, you just found it fun, exciting, and just went into it with passion. When you kind of grew um, more followers and more influence, um, were there any surprises? Like, did you stop to think? Um, were you surprised by, by any step that you kind of stumbled upon in the, in the, in the path? Um, well, when, when I grew more followers and the first um, inquiries came in, um, I was surprised that I can actually make money with it because, uh, of course, you see like big influencers living uh, off creating content. But I thought, yeah, I have to be kind of lucky to reach that. And I thought I'm just an average girl. I will never, ever uh, make a living off creating content. So when I realized that I can actually uh, build a future up, uh, upon this thing I created on Instagram that was actually like a surprising moment for me and yeah a cool realization nice nice so you said you've been with the farmers and the families in the community in Sri Lanka and you experienced some food and cooked with them um, and this is your first time in the South Asian region right um, yes also yeah so anything that kind of caught your eye in the Sri Lankan cuisine or Sri Lankan lifestyle 
Um, I feel like it's, first of all, very plant-based. Um, so lots of the traditional dishes are naturally vegan. Um, you I think you cook a lot of with uh, locally grown vegetables. And what I really like is the preparation methods. So um, tempering the spices and letting it cook, just giving the food time. And I, I feel like, um, especially um, on the countryside, it was like there was more of a connection to the food and where it comes from than we have in Germany, for example. Mm. And I really liked that because um, in Germany, it's often you go to a bakery and just quickly grab like um, a bread roll or something. And there is not much of a connection anymore to where this uh, uh, this food comes from. But it feels like here there's still more of a connection mm. and the food is more appreciated in some way. Yeah. And was there anything um, exciting about our, our cuisine or South Asian cuisine specifically uh, that caught your eye um, in the ingredients or uh, some interesting food you tried for the first time that you really liked? Anything like that? Um, I tried Moringa for the first time yeah. and that was really delicious. It kind of reminded me of asparagus mm. yeah, <laughs> and uh, I really like uh, for example, dal, you, I think you cook a lot with lentils and rice and um, like foods that seem to be very simple, but e there's so much flavor in there due to the preparation methods. And it's really crazy because when you first see just uh, like uh, the ingredients laid out on the table, when I was at the farm, they laid out everything they harvested on a table. And at first you would think, yeah, it's just vegetables, but there's so much flavor in the curries, in yeah. the stir fries. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so nice to hear it from you because, I mean, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are um, coming from the same level of um, passion uh, that you come from about food and about good ingredients and about staying fit and uh, finding the right nutrition through food. Um, but majority, I think not just in Sri Lanka, but um, overall in the world, um, food is just something you eat when you're hungry and you don't think anything more about it. But there's so much more to it um, if we just stop by to observe. And um, what we try to do with our work is to also um, make people aware that it's, it's about how it's harvested, about how it's prepared and processed and added value and where the food comes from. Um, all of that really adds into what goes into your body. It's mm -hmm. not just that ingredient, you know, cooked up. Um, so it's it's so nice that you experience that yourself. Um, what we also want to know, Maya, is especially through your work, um, your knowledge about food comes also from learning from your mom and working with her. Um, and you've really taken it beyond a cookbook that you, you know, first imagine and given it to like a very large global audience and mostly maybe very young people, Gen Z's and um, millennials and maybe even younger. Um, have you um, really thought about how it is bridging the old and the new, what you're doing um, and how it has really um, brought an impact to the people around you or uh, people who are connected to the food that you're putting into your recipes? Um, because from the entrepreneurs that you get to meet later today, a lot of them are um, young, some of them are also old, um, but a lot of them are what trying to do, what they're trying to do is bridge the old and the new. So how do we bridge the old school practices, the heritage knowledge we have, but give it to a very innovative dish um, or exciting uh, culinary experience? 
Uh, so any thoughts on that with your work? Um, yeah, for me, um, because I tr try to, uh, I'm, my recipes are vegan. Uh, so for me, a way of doing that is, for example, I have some great childhood memories of foods my grandma used to make or my mom used to make for us as kids. Um, so my way of building a bridge between the old and the young is veganizing dishes because I think um, vegan food is uh, is more than just a trend. It becomes more and more popular and more and more important. Um, also in terms of uh, being more envir environmental friendly in the future. Um, so I try to give traditional things a vegan spin. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I'm pretty sure you don't know the name. It's called Kaiserschmarrn. Mm -hmm. It's like a scrambled pancake dish. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And my mom used to make it for uh, me and my siblings when we were younger. And I loved it. And uh, then I tried to veganize it because actually it's made with like eight eggs. Oh, wow. So uh, <laughs> not vegan. Um, and then I tried to, to make a yeah, vegan version of it using chickpea water, for example. Mm. And it was experimenting a little bit. And then I... Um, posted it on Instagram and many people were like, oh, cool. I also loved it as a kid and uh, I'm trying to, to make it now as well. So I think this is my way of yeah. building a connection. Mm, mm, that's wonderful to hear. And did you uh, kind of crack the code to that recipe? Did you figure it out how to veganize it? Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. We'd <laughs> love to try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll make it. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, so Maya, would, uh, would you um, say like, Veganism is extremely popular in the younger generation now, especially uh, because it has a very strong impact to our environment, like you just said. Um, climate change is a big issue and it's a huge issue now. I mean, climate change anyway would happen with or without our intervention. But as humans, we have really accelerated it. And countries like ours is feeling it so strongly. Mm -hmm. But I think this year, all across the world, there's been so many very obvious signals that um, it's not okay anymore to take it lightly. Um, so how do you perceive um, your work of uh, veganism or changing choices of how we eat, how we live, um, and what we value as humans um, can really uh, have a positive impact towards creating change? Yeah, I always try to inspire people. So I think it's more um, effective to um, give the people like a good feeling and to um, encourage them to try something than being there and uh, saying, oh, I'm better, better than you because I eat vegan and you have to do it as well because X, Y, Z. Um, so I just try to give them options with my recipes and to tell them if you're not vegan, that's okay. You can just try like one vegan dish a week. That's already a big step. So that's my way um, of doing that. And I, um, I always say because of course there are still people who deny man-made climate change and everything that's happening because especially like in um, Europe or Germany the area I'm from um, it's still a little easier to sort of ignore climate change because um, our climate is still like okay we are not an island like Sri Lanka um, so we don't have those big struggles yet but I mean, they're about to come when we keep doing what we're doing now. And I always, th I always think, um, actually, we don't have to worry about the planet so much because it will recover eventually, but we have to worry about our own species. Like um, our grandkids or their grandkids, they might not be able anymore to live on this planet because we destroyed it now with our behavior. And um, yeah, I always try to... 
um, send out this message, but in a positive way to, um, yeah, as I said, encourage the people to try something. Um, because I think if you are like very, very um, explicit about it and make the people feel bad for their behavior, they are uh, they build like a defense wall and they are not open anymore to change anything. So that's my way. No, it's amazing. It's amazing to see um, how intentionally um, uh, that work is happening through a very simple way, right? Uh, it's it's in, at the end of the day, sharing your kitchen experience and your love for food with people, uh, but the impact of it and the messaging of it is, is much deeper. Uh, in fact, I think a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation with um, a scientist, a very renowned Sri Lankan scientist um, on climate change and avocado toast. Um, and that really touched on the point um, about our choice uh, as the younger generation, millennials and Gen Zs, um, choosing different means of protein um, has been taken up by the industry in the wrong way. How avocado is now a monoculture crop and that really shouldn't be how, how that choice should be taken into um, commercialization. So I think um, while you um, are doing a lot of work to change people's behavior, um, people who are on the farming side, um, younger generation who's coming into the farming side also is doing a lot of work or needs to do a lot of work mm -hmm. to change the ways that we farm as well so that it kind of meets, um, you know, uh, positive change overall. Um, just the final question, uh, Maya. Um, people have, I think, had a lot of uh, comfortability and choice um, of food and having everything at our disposal, um, spoiled for choice almost. And we consider ourselves at the top of the food chain and everything is there for us to really consume and you know feed us. Um, and being vegan is really turning, turning that lens to a different angle. Um, what are the few, um, maybe two or three main misconceptions about veganism and uh, how it affects your body or uh, things that you have come across that people ask you um, and, and you can really strongly say that's, that's not the case. A few taboos like that around veganism. Um, so one thing that really annoys me when I hear it is that vegan food doesn't taste good because that's such a broad statement. It's like saying food doesn't taste good because vegan food can be literally everything, especially nowadays. Like um, you can go to a vegan fast food restaurant, you can have... Um, vegan chicken you can but it, it can also be just like um dal like a lentil stew so uh saying vegan food doesn't taste good is really like if you say that you, you've never you've never had fries yeah. <laughs> so um i can definitely say that this statement is wrong and i think there's also a big misconception about uh vegan protein and protein deficiency and stuff like that uh, i myself i love doing sports and uh when I went vegan, I didn't struggle with uh, getting in enough protein because there are so many foods that are um, pretty high in protein. Um, for example, like all kinds of legumes or also tofu. Uh, and soy isn't bad for you. <laughs> this is uh, also very... Thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a study um, with, uh, with mice and they were injected like uh, very concentrated soy. It's like mm. human eating... 50 kilos or more of tofu a day and 
I mean, that's mm. impossible for for us to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's also not really applicable to humans. The study that was made with mice. So it's it's a myth that soy is bad for you. So if you eat like even if you eat two blocks of tofu a day, it's it will be still fine. So um, yeah, I think those are the things that um, I hear mm. most often. And um, I mean, you don't have to go vegan all the way uh, from today uh, to, to tomorrow. Yeah. It's about the small steps and integrating more plant foods mm. in your diet. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, rapid fire question. What's your favorite song? Mm. Uh, oh, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can it be a food question? Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't like music? I love music, but... Something that you listen to today. Um, right. um, strangers, but I don't know the, the interpret. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, a favorite movie? Um... Um, it's called Crete. It's like a boxing movie. Crete. Okay, nice. Um, you like sports a lot. Any particular type of sport? Uh, I used to play football for eight years, so this is my. Okay. <laughs> um, what one ingredient you can never live without? Uh, without you know salt and stuff like that, but vegan specific ingredient. I think it's really tofu. Yeah, <laughs> I love okay, tofu. I thought so. <laughs> Cool. And one particular Sri Lankan ingredient that you'd love to take home with you? Um, probably uh, fresh curry leaves. If I could preserve curry leaves and take them with me home fresh, that would be amazing. Because in Germany, you can only find those dried ones. And they, they are not as good as like the fresh ones here. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if we can grow some curry leaves in your backyard <laughs> we can we can try to find a solution for that thank you so much for joining with us my really um enjoy the chat with you and i mean um your very honest opinion about um things and um um the light approach to solving very deep problems um really appreciate you joining us and look forward to um all the fun you'll have with us for the, with us for the rest of the day yeah thanks yeah. for having me thank you everybody that's a scale the good po podcast with uh, maya uh, check out her Instagram and her recipes and her stories, I think, um, that covers most of the fun she's had in the farmlands in Sri Lanka. Thank you for joining us.